0: Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Well, the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is Default Settings. Default Settings. Who knows who who loves default settings? Who loves trying to rewire default settings anyone else got a toshiba tv nightmare to rewire the default settings but here's the thing machines have default settings your iphone has default settings but who knows us as humans we got some default settings we got some things that we just like to naturally gravitate to and sometimes these things tend to come out we like to cover them up sometimes because we've some good default settings and we've some negative default settings isn't that right and sometimes we like to cover them up, and I remember I'd done this men's retreat um, a few years ago, it was called the Extreme Character Challenge, so you know it's going to be a nightmare with a name like that, and pretty much what they done was they took a load of us lads from church, threw us up in the Scottish Highlands, disorientated us, took all our food and devices off us, and pretty much told us we need to get from point A to point B, and we we're going to encounter the Lord, and I was like fantastic love Scotland let's do it bit of haggis let's go so we went up and the whole thing was actually designed to kind of like break you it was kind of like strip back all your I guess masks all the things you kind of put up it was to really just put you in a difficult situation to let the real you come out and it was really well done like it was such a challenge it was over three days two nights It was really well done, but um, I'm telling you, the best of me came out, and the worst of me came out, just as it was meant to. And you have these amazing moments with God, and there's loads of different times, all the guys are talking, and there's different things coming up, you're sharing, and you have these different, they don't designate a leader, they let a leader emerge, it's pretty barbaric actually, all these guys like alphas going at each other, you know, (laughs) just trying to fight each other and all. And it gets mad because you're, you're, you're kind of food-deprived. You only get the bare minimum to survive. And, and I'm sitting, you got the, this wee bag of, of peanuts and Smarties and a few other things just to live off. And you're like, my gosh. I remember, like, I had all my peanuts and Smarties, like, early. You know, like, day one, they're gone. And I'm sitting, like, you get all, you get all like, survival mode. I'm sitting trying to steal my mate's Smarties out of his bag, walking behind him. He's like, get away from me! Um, it gets mad, right? And I'm telling you, the best of you comes out and the worst of you comes out, your default settings kick in. They do because in times of pressure, in times of pain, in times of concern, we just default back to what we know. And I remember being in this mountain, just kind of seeing parts of me I just was not happy with, but also seeing parts of me I didn't even know were in there. I noticed there was a real driver. I was the guy in the group going, We need to get to point B. Don't stop. Some boy was like, I need to change my socks, Ryan. I'm like, ah, you want to change your socks? Why? They're wet. I'm like, everything's wet, bro. You put on new socks and they'll get wet instantly. And I remember just being like, what, where's this coming from? I'm so snappy. And one of my other mates, he was super pastoral. So his pastoral gift came out. He was like, we need to look after the flock. And I'm like, no, we need to push on to the goal. And he's like, Ryan, you don't care about people. And I'm like, Antonio, you don't care about goals. I'm like, let's just get to the point so we can get some sleep. And um, it was a a really interesting experience, but it brought out a lot of my defaults. And I kind of had an amazing encounter with God up there as a lot of the guys did. And I kind of came away going, I want to rewire some things. There's some things I want to feed and I want them to grow because, you know, hey, I didn't know that was in me. And I I think that's a a good trait. There was other things that was like, my gosh, Lord, you need need to take this. I don't want to be that person. (laughs) Default settings. And who knows as well, we have some default settings and more simple things, like the food you order. Trying to explain to Carmen when we first moved to Northern Ireland, you know, when we are ordering Chinese food. I was like, no, 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 you only ever get the same thing. All those other things on the menu, they're just there for show. You always get dry salted chili chicken, half chips, half rice, and a sauce of your choice. You can choose the sauce. You just can't choose anything else. <laughs> I was like, you, oh, no, no, you, it's my default setting. And Carmen's like, surely you can order something else. I'm like, I can't babe. It's just, it's got to be that, you know, like, I always find it funny like Northern Irish or Irish abroad, you know, or even Brits abroad, any of us, like, we love going to a place that has everything that we, la- that we have at home. Like, we'll go, like, we're going to Spain. Amazing food. Paella. Who loves paella? Amazing food. Tapas. Seafood. All the good stuff. No, I want to go where I can get a fry in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go where I can go to a bar that looks just like the bar at home, you know? like (laughs) We just, default settings, man, like, we just want what we want. It's natural, isn't it? And the point I'm trying to make here is we do have default settings, and some of them are good, and some of them are not so good. And I do believe Jesus is into our default settings. I do believe he's interested in them. And I believe he wants to work with us on them. I believe he wants to move us closer. He wants to rewire our default settings to be more Christ-like. And you only have to look at a wee snapshot of Jesus' teaching, right? Right? Like, even like, let let me give you a few examples. The rich young ruler, the rich young ruler came to Jesus. I've kept all these commandments. I've done this, I've done that. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes, let me go a wee bit deeper into your heart. Never mind all the things you've done on the surface, the commandments. Would you sell all your wealth and come follow me? Oh, nasty. Poking at the defaults. I don't know if I could do that, Jesus. The rich young ruler was called to be one of the 12 disciples, what would have been 13 then? And he said no, because Jesus poked at his default setting. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, you read Matthew 5, read it through. His teaching is all about defaults. Don't even look at another woman lustfully. Never mind, Jesus isn't going, don't get into the bed with her. Don't get into the bedroom. He's going all the way back. He's not talking about the action. He's going all the way back. Hey, let me look at what's going on in your heart and your mind. Let's deal with that. Let's rewire that default setting. Don't even say about your brother or sister, you fool, or you'll be in danger. Don't even call your brother or sister a fool, or you'll be in danger. Never mind getting into a fight. Never mind getting into an argument. Never mind all that stuff. Let me wind it all the way back to why you would even consider wanting to call someone that name in the first place. Come on, Jesus is into our default settings. Like, go home tonight, get into your Bible, read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is into this. And the case I'm making today, and we're gonna unpack it, is that I believe Jesus is interested in in our default settings, and he wants to do a work in them. I believe Jesus' sanctification happened at the cross, but it continues to happen as we outwork our life. Do you believe that? So, he's up for it today, guys? Ready to roll? With me? Awesome. So we all have default settings. And I think one of the best examples for us to look at, when it comes to what does it mean... Like, how do I rejig my defaults? Like, what, like what are you talking about, Ryan? You know, all I can going to think about is my iPhone updating at the minute, but what are, you, what are you on about? I think a good example to look at is Paul the Apostle. And we're going to be in Philippians today, looking at Paul. and looking at how he rewired his default settings. And let me, I mean, I mean, if you've been around church for a while, you probably know Paul's story. But if, if you're new to the game, let me just quickly unpack it. Paul the Apostle wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. Um, but his, he didn't start off as Christian. He was, he was what was called a Pharisee. So he was a, he was a Jew, and he was really well-educated on the Old Testament and the Jewish law. And he got so passionate when Christianity emerged, so against Christians that he, he had such a leadership gifted on his life. He rallied people, and he was like, we're, he terrorized Christians. You probably even heard people say, like, Paul... In reality, before he got saved, was a terrorist. He he gathered a load of people and persecuted a certain group of people, and that was Christians. He would organize the stonings of certain Christians, their death sentence. And he went about doing this. And Paul's old life was very much, I'm a Pharisee. I'm educated. I am passionate about the Jewish law. And I'm so passionate that anything that comes against that, I'm against that. Paul has this radical encounter with Jesus. Ends up blind. Jesus speaks to him, says, what are you doing persecuting my people? And Paul, he ends up getting his sight back, ends up having this radical encounter where he then becomes a Christian and goes to do the exact opposite of what he was doing before, and that's win people to the faith. But one thing we always forget to mention about Paul is after he gets saved, after he encounters Jesus, it says in the book of Galatians, he says it himself, he took three years away. Three years in Arabia, Turkey, that area. And he kind of goes off the grid for a little bit. And then he comes back and launches this insane ministry. It actually says, I went and I spent time with the Lord. He was rejigging his default. He comes back with this new passion, this new zeal to win m- multiple people for Jesus. A new man with a new knowledge, a new passion and a new way of doing things. And so when we jump into Philippians here, we're reading a little bit about, this is a snapshot of Paul's journey. He's talking about who he was before, the way he used to think, and what that means now. And he's encouraging the Philippians because there's a bunch of people that have infiltrated the church in Philippi. And they're trying to get people to do things a certain way. It was a bunch of old Jewish, or older Jewish converts that were actually saying that if you're a Christian, you need to be circumcised because that's what we do as Jews, and you should do that. And Paul's kind of addressing that, being like, "Eh, nah, you don't need to do that. Let me explain a little bit about what the journey looks like. That was the old way, this is the new way. So let me read to you from Philippians 3, verses 4 to 14. Are you with me? If you got your Bible, pull it out. If not, it's going to be on the screen behind me, I believe. So Philippians 3, verses 4 to 14, let's roll. It says, though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Look, he's giving you his old, this is who I used to be. These were my defaults. I was, I was the boy. I was the Pharisee. I was passionate. I even persecuted the Christians. That's how I used to think. That's how I used to roll. And then he goes on a little bit. He says this. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, trash. Some translations even say dung. It's true. And when you actually get into the Greek, the word he's using there is even more intense than dung. He's using a word that I'm sure we, can, we all know and have heard. I consider them all garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. He's talking about how things need to look now. Okay, I used to be that. I'm on a journey. Now I want things to look a certain way. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, I want to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And I love this part because we're all on a journey. Apostle Paul was pretty good, but he was on a journey too. Not that I have obtained all this. Not that I've managed to rewire all of my defaults just yet. Or have I arrived at my goal? But I press on to take hold that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on for the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That is an awesome portion of scripture. I was one way. I'm not that anymore. I want to live a new way. And I'm not standing up here being all self-righteous. This is what Paul's saying. Saying that I've attained it, but I'll tell you one thing, I want it. And my question to you today is, church, it's not necessarily are you going to go out here and rejig all your defaults and after one sermon, but do you want it? Do you want to press on towards what God has called you to? Because sometimes in church we lose our want, and we just need a wee kick sometimes to go, actually... I don't want this. I don't want the old. I don't want the familiar. I want Christ. But I'm sure you're thinking, where'd I begin? I love adding a wee. I always add these wee tension moments into my uh, sermons because I always think if I'm sitting in the audience and a preacher puts something out to me, I'm thinking, I will... That's easy said. That's easy for you to say, mate. <laughs> and, I love th- and I love thinking. Like it is so easy said, isn't it? Go out and rewire all your all your defaults. Completely go out and change your life. Think differently. Change your heart. But the reality is, guys. Some of these things, if we don't address them now, can damage our future. Can damage what God has for us. Can even get in the way of what God wants us to step into. It's easy to put things under the carpet. It's easy not to address them. And I want to encourage you. I believe it's Jesus' heart. I really do. I believe he's into this stuff. I believe he wants to get into our thoughts. He wants to get into our mind and, it, and our hearts. And he wants to transform us. But very often, it's just we're the ones that won't let him. And so, yes, I'm not up here saying this is an easy message or an easy, an easy task at hand. It's hard work, as most of Christianity sometimes can be. It's hard but it's worth it. It's worth it. Because everything that was worth fighting for, any freedom we've had, anything that was worth it was hard work, but it was always worth it. So I got three points from Philippians, three points from Philippians that we can learn from Paul when it comes to rewiring our default settings. You up for it? All right, let's go. Production, you up for it? Yes, lads. Good to see you, and lady. <laughs> All right, let's go. Of course you've done that, iPad. Technology's awesome. Right, when I was getting to the good part, here, give me that back. Where are we? There we go. Point number one, you ready? We've got to take out the trash. We've got to take out the trash. Philippians 3, it says this. What is more, I consider everything a loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. I consider them trash, that I may gain Christ. I want to ask you something. Have you ever thought something was good and then realized that it's meant to be bad? Anyone? Like, for example, let me give you an example. Did anyone else, when they were growing up, their granny and their mom was like, every day, drink a pint of milk, get it into you, or your bones will crumble? Milk, milk. I don't like, get to the end of the day. My mum would be like, "If you had your pint of milk? I'd be like, no. I'd be like lying in bed. She'd be coming up with two liters. She's like, to get it in India. You need calcium? Are you mad? You're growing. And then all of a sudden, did anyone think, like all of a sudden overnight milk became like bat, like the worst thing in the world? Like all of a sudden, I was like, really? Like <laughs> pretty sure I, would, like, I grew up in that stuff. <laughs> Done all right. All of a sudden, and I get it. Like some people have milk intolerances. I'm having a bit of banter. Like hear me out. But like, all of a sudden, like, I lived in Sydney for five years and then London for five years. Two very health-conscious cities. I remember people going, milk? Oh, no, 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 no. You can't be having milk. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure like, I wouldn't be here if milk was a thing. Potatoes? Oh, no, very starchy. You can only have a wee bit now. You can't be having that. And I'm putting butter in it? I'm like, I'm like I think if you came to Northern Ireland, you wouldn't make it out alive, man. <laughs> <laughs> But then, you know what, like I did, like when I was living in London for a little bit, every now and then I'll go off dairy for a wee bit, just to like, I don't know, just for the crack, like I'll just go vegan for a couple of weeks or something, just to see how I feel. And sometimes you do feel good, you think, well, maybe I should cut back in this, maybe there is some truth in there. And the thing is, sometimes we can be doing something and we don't even realize it's not that good for us. We can be living a certain way, we can be acting a certain way, we can have these things that we just like to do, when really... We don't even realize that. Actually, if I cut that out of my life, I'd be a lot better. And it's like this with our defaults. And sometimes we don't know until we just trust what the word is saying. Trust that Jesus has our best interests at heart. And we change a little bit for Christ because we love him. Because we're pushing on towards what he has for us. Because we consider all things garbage for the treasure of knowing Christ. Sometimes until we make that change, we don't know the full benefit of it. But who knows, people, that we like our default settings? Come on. They're nice. They're comfort. We were raised in them. Even if they're good or bad, they're familiar. That behavior, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. We like our default settings, and they are difficult to change. My brother-in-law came and stayed with us a a few uh, last year. And like I said, I got a Toshiba TV. And I had it all set the way I want. And uh, David sat there, and he, he'd done a couple of things. And I'm just thinking, oh, no. And I'm like, B- babe, babe, babe. And he says, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Anyway, he went back to Spain. And I'm, like, sitting there trying to, like, organize it. The- I'm like, babe, the TV, it's broke. Everything's in Spanish. I can't do it. Like, babe, babe, come and fix it. Like, back to default, back to default. And I'm sitting there, like, throwing the remote at the TV. And it took me ages to rejig the TV back to what it was. <laughs> It's difficult to change our default settings, and who knows taking out the trash ain't fun. Never met a guy or a girl that's when I love, I love taking out the bins. Taking those bins out by some crack, I'll just take half an hour to do it, take it all in. (laughs) It's a nightmare cleaning up the house. We we had our house sitting mint last week, but we took ages and got all clean, and we we're like, "Oh, look at the gaff. It's looking class." And um, and then like I was like, and "Me and my wife looked at each other, and like as things started happening, you know, like we leave things out, we put out Sophia's playpen. I was like, "It's begun." <laughs> Give it a couple of days, we'll be back. And, <laughs> and the other night we walked out, and we're like, every room in the house is just it's it's there, like. And you come into that, and you're like, "Oh, the last thing I want to do is clean it up." The last thing I want to do is get messy and get all that stuff sorted. But I'll tell you one thing, it is necessary to take it out. Because here's what happens when the mess builds up and someone comes in. We start justifying it. Oh, well, you know, like, hey, whoa, 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 you know, like, I got, we got a baby, bro, right? We got a baby, like, busy, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a mess, and we start justifying our mess, rather than just cleaning it up. And taking ownership over it. See, with our life mess, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Instead of just owning it and going, Jesus, I need to sort some stuff out here. I need to bring this to you. I need to rewire this default set. And we go, bro, back up. You don't understand. And so we start justifying our ways of behaving. Rather than just going, Lord, I want to rewire this for the sake of knowing you. I love John Wesley, he's a revivalist, done amazing things for the church here in the UK and Ireland, and he's got a great interpretation of reading scripture, it's called the Wesleyan quadrilateral. I love it, when I first learned about it, I was like, I love this. Now ideally how it's meant the role I wish I had a couple of illustrations of it, is that everything flows from scripture, and scripture's the all-encompassing way that we should interpret the Bible, Right? But then he says there's other things at play. He goes, you have your tradition, your experience, and reason. Now he says most humans actually don't base everything in Scripture. It's just in the box. It's part of the quadrilateral. We'll read Scripture, but also we have our tradition. We have our experience, and we have reason. And so that's why you have so many different denominations and different conflict, well, not conflicts, but disagreements in the church because we're all reading scripture, but we may have a certain tradition that we just like. I'm speaking to myself here too. I got saved at a charismatic Pentecostal church. That's all I know. And I do my best to be challenged by other traditions to to listen to, because I know that I have a default setting. We also have experience within our life, and we read the Bible through our experience. We're like, well, God speaks to me like this and I've had a life like this. So God, and God's great because he speaks to us in different ways through our experience. And we also have how we reason things as well. Like me and my wife, sometimes we can reason things quite differently, you know what I'm saying? I reason it to be this way. My wife reasons it to be that way. And this is all default settings, guys. Because like John, like John Wesley said, this should be the all-encompassing truth, but we're human. So tradition creeps in, how we reason things creep in, and our experience in life creep in. And when it comes to living, to interpreting, we need to, we need to be mindful of those things. I love me and Phil have great theology chats. I love it. And I, I like to think that, like, Phil challenges me. He sends me home thinking, reevaluating, going, yeah, you know, that, that's true. And I, I hope I do the same for, for him sometimes. Because we, we have different, slightly different experience, slightly different traditional background, and, you know, we reason maybe slightly differently. So when it comes to our interpretation of Scripture, it's good to be around someone with a little bit of difference, to level you off, to go, hey, maybe your wee default there is not too you, right, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe think about it this way. And, guys, when it comes to taking out the trash, who knows it's good to have a hand? <laughs> who knows it's good to get around someone who can give you help with the bins? Challenge you a wee bit. Help you rewire your defaults. Paul went away for three years. Was discipled to. Learned, spent time with the Lord. Rejigged his defaults. Because I'm telling you guys, God can only work with what we're willing to surrender. We need to sit down and have a moment and go, God, what do I need to consider garbage? What ways have I been thinking, living that I need to give to you? There's Some great people in church can help me with it but I need to rejig some of these defaults. Point number two, you ready? Anyone? It's my Pentecostal charismatic default. I expect the cry to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Point number two, replace that space. Replace that space. We read in Philippians 3, um, 8 to 10, it says, What is more, I consider everything a loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, right? Paul's old default. I got my righteousness worth out of being a Pharisee, a teacher, and knowing the law. Not having that default, but one which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Paul had found a new normal, found a new way of living. He lived one way, encountered the Lord, took three years to rejig his defaults and had a new normal. He started living a different way. I want to tell you, no matter what your background, what you've been, I believe God can redeem and reuse your past experiences i got a great friend, a mentor of mine, currently lives in San Francisco. Um, he, I was his intern in Sydney, great guy, Brendan Brown, and um, really has taught me a lot. And Brendan used to be a nightclub promoter. Years ago, was on drugs, was, was mad. Like Really good nightclub promoter too. And then he got saved. And I'm telling you, when it comes to promoting Jesus, when it comes to winning people for the Lord... It's like God just went, Hey, you were doing that. Let me take that, redeem it, and use it for me. That's what it looks like replacing the space and rejigging our defaults. Doesn't matter how mad your background's been, doesn't matter how far gone or how against against the odds you are. God can take, use, make all things new, and renew and redeem you for what He has. Paul, he'd done it for Paul. Took a few years, but Paul went from being someone that persecuted the church to evangelizing and and building the church in a way that has impacted all of history. If we give up our past, if we give our previous experiences that lead to the way we think now to the Lord, I just believe that he can use them for his glory. Anyone any bad habits? Anyone? Just me. Me and, yeah, there's three of us. Everyone else is like about to be raptured to heaven. Um... (laughs) for being perfect I'm joking I've got a few bad habits I remember reading this book and it was awesome It's called The Power of Habit and I just thought of it when I was preparing this sermon because it says that for every every habit pretty much makes the case that it's really hard to just like eradicate a habit you have to actually try and replace it and it says that for every habit we have a cue a routine and a reward for example You want, like, anyone else a self-confessed coffee addict like myself? Yep, there's my people, my people. We should start a coffee group. We should start a coffee group. That'd be awesome. So who knows when you're needing your caffeine in the morning, maybe you're going down to your local uh, cafe or you're getting your Nespresso machine ready and you hear that, you know, the grinder? Or you're up and you hear your wife or one of your family put on the Nespresso machine. Your brain goes, hey, want to get me some of that? And so then we start a routine, which looks like going to the barista, going, I'll take an Americano, or I'll take an oat milk, see, no dairy, flat white. Or it looks like a routine, going and putting your favorite espresso pot in, foaming your milk, doing what you do, and then you get a nice wee reward, which is when you sip that coffee and you get a caffeine hit. The book part Habit makes the case, replace the routine and the reward. If there's something you're used to doing and you want to change it. You'll still be tempted. You'll still be pushed to want to go a certain way because they're defaults. You're going to want to go that way. But when that comes up, if you replace it with something life-giving that gives you a different reward, it's beneficial. We can do that with our thoughts. We talked a little bit about that last week, didn't we? How when you have a negative thought, take it captive And replace it with something positive, Philippians 4. Think about things praiseworthy, good. And if you do that enough, eventually the negative thought will go away. You can do that with things that we do in life. There's things that you naturally find yourself floating into. Replace the reward. Well, hey, I can do something else. I can go for a run. I can stay busy. I can do something productive. And the goal here is to generate Christ-like habits remember when I first got saved, I was like going out all, before I got saved, I was probably going out about four times a week, just out socializing, would have been in the bar like twice, and then out clubbing on the weekends twice, like always out and about before I got saved. And I knew when I got saved, I needed to stay busy because I was used to being busy. So I threw myself into church. I was like, I'm going to go to all the services. I'm going to join team. I remember my friends being like, you, you, you go to that church so much. And I was like, but I want to be there because it gives me a better reward. I come out feeling amazing and I don't have a hangover. I come out and I get to know Jesus and I find myself being transformed. And I find very quickly, I got pretty addicted to church, which you need to be careful with, but I was always in church, always loving it. And it was great because it was a positive habit that made me more Christ-like. I want to encourage you, what's the things that you need to replace that space with? And this is called rejigging our defaults. This is the nitty gritty. This is when it gets fun. Point number three, you ready? Let's go. Point number three. iPod Y. Point number three, value well, live well. Value well, live well. Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14 say this. Not that I have already obtained this or have arrived at my goal, but I press forward to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I am not considered yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining on what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Paul had a new value system. It was Christ. He's like, these values are worth it. They're worth pursuing they're worth abandoning everything else for. They're worth chasing. Paul, will found the greatest value system. Because the reality is, and I want you to think about this, guys. Unless you reject something, it's hard for you to stand for something. Let me give you a quick example. Marriage, friendships, whatever. It's hard for me to say that I value loyalty in marriage if I entertain other things. I need to reject certain things to stand up to that value. And that's true of all values. If you value something, you need to reject something else. Because if you don't, you're all over the place. People look at you and go, well, what do you value? Because you say you value this, but you live this way. You entertain this. But it's so hard in today's world because we just cancel each other for our values. We ridicule each other for our values. I have a friend in America and he posted, was it, I didn't even think it was a big thing, but you know, obviously America have sort of rejigged their abortion rules and stuff to give power to the state to be able to make that thing, to make, to make the decision for each state, what's right, what's wrong. I was my friend, he's a Christian, commented on one of these things. He just commented with a clap emoji. As in, I think that's good. Like, based on my value system, I think that's a, a good decision. Um, and the hate he got for that clap emoji comment after comment after comment of real strong bitter like for a clap emoji I'm like the guy was just saying I think it's good that states can make their own decision on the matter but that's the reality of so many things in today's world that we stand for something and everyone tries to bring you down so I'm not saying it's easy especially with our Christian values, they sometimes tend to get attacked more than anything else. But I'm telling you guys, I personally have felt a little bit frozen for the past few years. God's really challenging me. Stand on my word. Stand up for the values of my word and do not budge. Be clear with who you are. I've been a little bit, especially with the way everything's been and I've been a little bit all over the place and ah, when I first got saved, I would always try to justify it to people, you know, like, yeah, but you, to be honest, I'm getting to a stage, guys, where you know what? I just want to stand for who I am. I want to stand for the God I love. I want to say, you know what? These are my values, and I need to reject some things because this is the greatest value, knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, pushing forward towards what he's called me to. Come on, do you believe that? I'm not saying it's easy, guys, but it's worth it not saying it's easy, but it's worth it. Because ultimately, as a Christian, we live for an audience of one. We don't live for the audience of Instagram. We don't live for the audience even of this room. We live for the audience of Jesus. He is our goal. He is what we're pushing on towards. And when it comes to having to reject certain things, we need to think, Lord, I want to stand on your value system. I want to stand on your word. So as I conclude, band, you can come up and join me. Let me conclude with this these few statements. Jesus has done everything required, guys, by his death and resurrection on death on the cross and his resurrection three days later. He has done everything required for us to be a new creation. For us to step and take hold of this new life and everything that he has for us. The only thing sometimes that gets in the way is us. The beauty of this whole portion of scripture is and what Paul's trying to say is that we don't have to be perfect. Like that's, that's what I love about the gospel every single time. It's like Lord, you will choose me and everyone in this room, even when I'm a screw up, even when I don't get it right. You will still give me your grace and your love, and you will help me continue to walk towards you. That's madness in my mind. You don't need to be perfect, church, but you need a goal. You need a goal. You need a goal. want to ask you, what are you looking at? When it comes to letting go of things, standing up for new values, considering certain things garbage so we can live more for Christ, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the people around you? Are you looking at others and what they have? Are you looking at Christ? I love, I've read it, but I want to read it again. Not that I have already obtained all of this. Not that I've rejigged all my defaults. Not that I'm perfect or have already arrived at my goal. I'm not with Jesus yet, I'm not, I haven't been transfigured because I'm so perfect. But I press on to take hold for that of which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards my goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Forgetting what is behind, guys. That's the old life, the old way of doing things, how we used to roll before Jesus changed our worlds. That's got to be forgotten about. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach Others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.